wiggles, not the kind that wiggle tea. That you drink, not scribble all together in a cottage she calls day. Cows and tea with Nanny Bee. That's me, I'm Nanny Bee, and my neighbor Jules will be here with a story any minute now. Did you hear that? I, I believe my door is being knocked. Hello? Who is it? It's me, Nanny Bee, your neighbor Jules, with a story. It was being knocked, and by you, what a pleasure. Come in, dear. Hello, Nanny Bee. I'm back with another tale. Are you ready for a story? Oh, yes, please. Okay, then. Shine on, you crazy glowworm. Adapted for radio. In a little valley, in a tiny orchard, lived a glowworm. She'd squirm like a worm. She'd wiggle and she'd turn. But no matter what she did, no matter what you called her, she would never and could never be an actual worm. Oh, she had the name all right, but with one look, you'd know for sure she was anything but a kind of worm. That disturbed Irene. Irene was a very particular glowworm, always clearing leaves from her path, burrowing in straight lines, only climbing the sturdiest of grass stems. She did have a glowing bottom, but not much of a showing bottom. Her family had great expectations of her when she was born. What symmetrical dots she has! What precise segments! And she was a fine-looking... I might as well say it. She was a fine-looking beetle. Yes, yes, I know. Why, oh, why would a beetle be called a worm? I don't know. Why is there a guinea pig who isn't a pig, or a jellyfish who isn't a fish, and most certainly isn't made of jelly? So Irene's bottom not showing was a real concern. Her family were most disappointed. What is she doing? How will she find a mate? This concerned Irene as well, but she just couldn't bring herself to shimmy up any old grass stem and wiggle her shiny hiney in the orchard under the moonlight. That's the glowworm equivalent of social media, to climb up the highest grass stem and shake your booty to attract fly-by beetle boys. By the time Irene was in a position to shake, having calculated and contemplated the best possible path— the Beetle Boys had found other girls or given up altogether. Irene was in a quandary. Should I do like the rest and climb up any old wobbly grass stem? Or just accept that I'll never make my own glowworm family? How about neither? said an itty-bitty gnat with a black and silky top hat. Doing neither of my two options is doing nothing at all. True, if in fact you only had two options. You see, options are nothing more than self-made limitations. Take those away and you will... Away. Wherever the wind takes you. The wind has never taken me anywhere. I don't have wings like the boy beetles do. Well, when you don't have wings, hop a ride with someone who does. And with that, the itty-bitty gnat with the black and silky top hat was gone. Irene checked under the blades of grass. She looked behind the petals, even dug through the dirt, but the gnat had disappeared. His words, though, 
They remained, and Irene ran them around and around her head to test them for herself. Just then, a truck filled with freshly picked apples started up. There was one more box to load, and Irene, having calculated and contemplated the best possible path, jumped on that box. It may not have wings, but it's faster than any boy beetle I've ever seen, she said, settling down for a journey to who knows where. Oh, actually, I do. The truck was headed to a plane that was headed to a boat that was headed to the islands called the Azores in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. The journey jostled Irene all about, but there was plenty of grub, I mean grubs, for her to snack on, so she didn't mind. When the bumps started getting a lot lumpier, Irene could see they were slowing down, kublunk, 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 until they stopped. The driver got out and kicked at his tire, which looked like it could use a good meal. Kicking it would do no good, but the driver didn't seem to care. Why, you useless piece of rubber, that's the second flat in a week, he grumbled and rolled out another plump tire. It was very dark and getting darker when one of the lugs from the wheel rolled away. The driver searched frantically. Obviously, that lug is a very important lug. It's just right there, behind that pebble. Oh, maybe I should jump down and show him. So, having calculated and contemplated the best possible path, she hopped onto the ground and lit up her bottom half right where the lug had rolled. What do you know? The driver said in wonder. Looks like you came to my rescue, little glowworm. The name's Irene, Irene said, but he couldn't hear her. The driver finished putting that crucial lug back in place and was about to head back into the truck when Irene hopped onto his pant leg and shimmied all the way up to get back into her spot on the last apple crate to be loaded. Irene had never rescued anyone before and ate an extra grub in celebration before falling off to sleep. By morning's light, she awoke to the loud roars of jet planes taking off left and right. Irene and her crate sat for hours before they were finally loaded onto a little plane with no sign of any jets, but it still made a mighty roar as it took flight. This is it, Irene thought. I'm really going where the wind takes me. And right now, that was into the white, puffy clouds with no land in sight. They flew on for hours, and she could see the clouds turn from white to pink and blue. But they were soon replaced with gray and black and gray ones that seemed almost heavy in the sky. The gray ones were noisier than the plane, and out from them came streaks of light crackling across the sky. They went to the left of the plane, to the right of the plane, up, down, and all around the plane until one finally made contact and crunch! It blasted through one of the wings. The plane began to swirl around and down, then just down as the ground raced up towards them. Right before they collided, the plane tipped back. The apple crates, which were now all piled at the front, slammed against the back of the cabin. Irene hung on. Finally, they came to a stop. It was dark, very dark. 
There were voices in the cabin, those who had loaded the crates shouting and bumping into things and each other. Seems they need to find the exit, thought Irene. So, having calculated and contemplated the best possible path, she hopped and bopped in that direction, lighting her bottom half along the way. Hey, look, a glowworm, and she seems to know the way out. Follow that glowworm! So they did. Irene, once again, saved the day, and all with her shiny hiney. The plane, its apple crates, and its only remaining passenger, Irene, stayed on the runway all night long. Irene didn't mind. She took this time to check out some of the other crates, sampling their cuisine, but ended up heading back to her original crate. You just couldn't get better grubs than those. Before the sun had a chance to wake up, there were voices all around the plane, then soon inside. They'd grab a crate and toss it onto a trolley, grab another and do the same. The little trolley was on a little truck, hardly big enough for its driver. The trolley full of apple carts and a glowworm wiggled all the way to a port full of boats. Another selection of voices gathered around and picked off crates one after another. Irene held on tight and when all things settled, she realized they were floating, out to sea. No road to drive on, no clouds to fly through, just water, in every direction except the one they came. It was so dark on that bobbing boat in the massive sea, it was hard to tell up from down, with the sky matching the water in its darkness. Irene wasn't sure what to make of it all. The boat seemed to be slowing down. Now our lights as well as our engines aren't working. Send up a flare, a sailor shouted, and poof, it went up like a giant sparkler in the sky. It's too windy, another shouted back as the flare was driven down into the water. The rescue boat will never find us now, another sailor said, not knowing they had their very own beacon of light on board. Irene, a not-quite-worm of the glowing sort. Irene, having calculated and contemplated the best possible path, made her way to the top of the apple crate, and her shiny hiney was seen by the massive tug who took them all the way to safety on the sandy shores of the Azores. Irene stayed on the island for a while, learned a few of the local customs and a smattering of Portuguese, then, with a newfound confidence, she caught a crate of tuna fish back home. Once she got back, her family were so excited. Where has she been? And what has she done? Irene just said, Oh, I just went where the wind took me. It's not a surprise, I'm sure, to know that Irene did in fact find a fly-by beetle boy, one who looked harder and longer to find the right girl on a sturdy stem. They and their little glow family learned when to plan and when to go with the flow. The End Why, thank you, Jules. I once went where the wind blew me. It was into a ditch, uh, uneventful, really, and quite muddy. Ooh, that couldn't have been fun. You wouldn't think so, would you? But 
Actually, it was in that ditch where I discovered my youth tonic. A mud mask? No, a moisturizer from L'Oreal. I found it online while waiting for the emergency services to extract me. Good thing you had your phone. If you're ever stuck again, you can always listen to a story. Go to nannybee.com. Go there to find out about all our stories. Then like us, recommend us, but most importantly, join us next week for more Tales and Tea. Go on and leave a message for Nanny Bee, and you might be on the show. This has been a Toby Hall production for nannybee.com.